1: Our very special guest, Lisa Hall, is a graduate of the Indiana University Kelley School of Business. After her nest emptied in 2016, she returned to school to get her master's from Moody Bible Institute. Lisa has been a marketer of products, ideas, and business initiatives for most of her adult life. She has extensive experience in nonprofit leadership and fundraising. She's made deep connections in Brown County and participates in programs for women in incarceration and addiction recovery. Lisa conceived the concept for the Addicts Wake documentary to encourage meaningful dialogue regarding the stigma of addiction and deliver a message of hope. To all those affected the film premiered at the heartland international film festival and has gone on to winning several awards including mostly uh, most recently best documentary at the louisville international festival of film the addict's wake tells compelling firsthand stories of the many facets of addiction and recovery It is Lisa's hope that most people leave their viewing experience less judgmental and more compassionate. And Carol, I understand Lisa is under From the Heart sponsorship for her film, The Addicts Wake, right?
0: Right, Claire. We were so fortunate to work with Lisa, and thank you for joining us today, Lisa.
2: Thank you so much for having me, Carol and Claire. What an honor this is for
0: me. Oh, how kind. Well, we're most interested in how you uh, took this passion on. I saw you do extraordinary things because as your nonprofit sponsor, we've watched you collect money from people even during COVID. You had a successful house party. That was shocking. So let's start with what gave you the idea for the film.
2: Well, I think any idea... If we, if we dissect it long enough, you'll you'll find that many things probably lead you to the moment where something is conceived. And when my husband and I moved to Brown County, Indiana from Indianapolis in 2017, as I started plugging in into my community, it didn't take me long to hear how plagued this community was with meth and heroin addiction. Then I started working with ladies in our correction center and I started hearing their stories. And to be honest with you, there were so many times when I felt how my life could have been so different had I, in a vulnerable, dark moment, experimented with these highly addictive drugs of today, that I could have been sitting, you know, in green and white stripes just like these ladies. And so I loved hearing their stories and felt like they were worthy to be told. And then on top of that, I started talking with neighbors, and, you know, as I, as I said, as I started getting to know my community, and I thought, we've got to do something about this problem, and it's not getting better. And then on a personal side, I had a nephew that struggled with a 14-year active addiction, and because of shame and stigma, we were so kept from his life and always kept at arm's length. And really never knew what was going on with him. And my sister and brother-in-law were fabulous parents, have raised two, you know, three wonderful children. I'm, I'm proud to say Andrew is in recovery now. He, he was one of the lucky ones. But, um, you know, he started his addiction when the drugs started really changing in terms of their addictive properties and their potency. And so, um, you know, I think deep down inside, I also felt like I had never been able to help Andrew, and I wanted to help him through helping others with the stone.
0: Well, where did you um, where did you start? Uh, did you create a funding plan? Uh, I guess this is where all of your schooling, your your masters and everything came into play uh, with the idea. But tell us your plan.
1: Well, I really didn't
2: have one, Carol, and I know that's not good for other filmmakers to hear, <laughs> but I I, I, what, I I have to say, first off, you weren't part of the plan because I didn't know you were there, but man, when I learned that you guys existed and you accepted our film, I cannot tell you how that helped then the plan to come to fruition, because without you, I couldn't have raised the funding, and you've been such an integral part in a unbelievable partner and an encouragement to me from day one and so i want to thank you publicly for that because you were really the first key to the plan and i was invited into the opportunity to make this film and my husband says well you need to call uncle don and i'm like why do i need to call your uncle who lives in new york and was a retired new york wall street lawyer who had made a documentary in 2008, but at that time I was knee deep in raising our sons, and so I, I hadn't remembered that he made this documentary that he won an Academy Award for.
0: Wow. And so uh,
2: it's called Taxi to the Dark Side, and it changed the way that we treat people in detainment at Guantanamo Bay. It turns out that we had waterboarded a taxi driver to death. And there was an outcry as a result of that that death. And when I learned that something of that magnitude could be changed from a film, I thought, oh my gosh, I want to be part of that kind of impact. And so I called Don and he flew out and you know, he said, I don't know about this. And I said, Don, I don't need, I don't need your money, and I did desperately, to be honest. <laughs> but <laughs> I said, I need your street cred because I don't have any. And so he came on as an advisor, a consultant, and then he flew back to New York. And a, a couple weeks later, he sent me a, a check. Uh, That was just enough to get us going. And I'd had a matching gift given by two people who I had done a lot of mission work with around the world. And they had a personal foundation, and they had – they were the first commitment to funding. They would given me a $25,000 matching grant. And so when Don sent me that little check, uh, the grant – freed up enough money to match that so we could get started. And literally that is how it began. We began filming and then I think what I would say to others is that you tell your story because I believed from the beginning that this project had been given to me very divinely and that I was to have the responsibility of stewarding these stories. And. I believed that the money was out there. I just had to talk about it enough and tell enough people about it. And that's what I did, Carol. I told this story a thousand times, maybe, and I had no idea where the funding was going to come from. I just believed that it was there. And I believed that we were, I was called to tell these stories and I, I believed it would happen and it did, (laughs) it did over two and a half years.
0: Two and a half years. See, the average is six years. I can tell you now because you're finished, but that is less than 50% of the time it took you to make your film. So I have to say that wonderful, you've done two wonderful things here. That is part of the things that we teach, and that is when you ask for money, you often get advice. But when you ask for advice, that can lead you to money. So you were very smart with your uncle not to make a direct ask because you really weren't in a position to do so. You hadn't learned as much, and you weren't efficient at that. So asking for advice and letting him see your passion and dedication, that's what brought the money. So congratulations. That's a great move. And a
2: truthful, honest one. Yeah, I mean, that wasn't a manipulation or I wasn't thinking of anything about it. I really did need his street cred because, you know, this was my first film. And I I never lied to people. I mean, I said, this is my first film and and this is my first rodeo. And so hang on because (laughs) I'm not sure how to ride this bull, but I'm going to do it openly and I'm going to be a good steward of the money that you give and – you know, I I think just all the other things that I have raised money for in my life led me to this moment. And that's what I love about God is that he doesn't waste anything that you've done for the good. You know, he He kind of brought me to this moment where, okay, girl, everything that you've done that, that I have been a part of is now going to happen for this film. And I can tell you that um, you know, I never knew where that next chunk of money was going to come from and there was one day I was just kind of in a really deep meditation with God and he told me that it was going to come from unexpected places. And um so I held on to that and I believe that and I'll tell you it did. <laughs> I mean, I uh, it wasn't the people that I knew who had affluence. It's that's not who poured into this film. It was people that I met along the way because of the many conversations that I had and wasn't afraid to have and you know I think when you're when you're raising money, no matter if it's for a documentary or a cause, you know it's good to remember it's you're not asking people to help you go to Hawaii on a vacation. that's not what <laughs> I was asking them to invest in, you know I'm asking them to invest in the number one nation's leading health problem prior to COVID. And now because of COVID, we are seeing national overdoses, fatal overdoses, up thirty percent across the board in this country. And and so because of COVID and because of isolation and because of lockdowns, this this problem of of drug use just escalated to new heights.
0: And as right. it was
2: escalating, fentanyl came on the scene in a bigger and and more dominant way. And so now the heroin of today is barely heroin, it's mostly fentanyl. And that is what's killing people so quickly. And that's why this film and and other films that that are out there about substance use abuse, it,
0: it, they're just so important. We have to make people knowledgeable Exactly, this is uh you're so right. it's the only way to do it to make a film where other people who have been through it can explain to all of us what's going on. When you see one person tell you their story, that means so much more than a headline that we have a problem with this. We want to hear it from the people so i but I want to mention that your unexpected money. Is exactly what I do sometimes. For from the heart, we when we are asking for money, we ask the universe for unexpected income for, right. for our, our filmmakers. Because uh, the point is that when you start out on a journey like you're on, and you're asking people on a daily basis, it never seems to come from those who you think. Are going to give it to you that happens often but the real <laughs> interesting thing is the left field when someone out of left field said so my friend told me about this here's 30,000 or 25 or some wonderful donation uh, yes. that's totally unexpected and that is your green light from the universe saying you're on the right track keep going Yeah, and
2: I think, you know, the one thing that I always tried to keep in mind, and let me tell you, in the last two and a half, three years, there's been a lot of self-talk, because I'm in rural Indiana. There are many times when I have felt very isolated in this process, because I'm the only one I know in my circle of, of friends who has done something like this, and so you kind of feel on an island, but the one thing that i kept saying is lisa you're not entitled to people's money and i think when we start feeling entitled that's when it gets unbalanced and so like i i never felt entitled to don's money i never felt entitled to my friend's money who i've done a lot of mission work with in the world they have you know as i mentioned they have this personal foundation and so i think when we can just stay open and we could tell people what we're doing and why we're doing it but not to have an expectation from that that is when the money tends to flow more freely and it's it's hard when you know somebody's personal wealth i live down here with uh an ex-ceo of Lilly. i live down here with the owner of the pacers i mean all these prominent indiana stakeholders have second homes in brown county because of the beauty of this place and so you know i know that they have a lot of money but you know again you're not entitled to it and it's their prerogative to say yes or no and if someone tells me no i'm not hurt by it i walk away and i think well there'll be somebody else who will tell me yes and that's exactly what happened
0: that's exactly the right way to approach it. This is really good because you know the money you have to know the money's coming and you have to accept that those you are sure will give you 10,000 and they write a check for 500, you have to be thankful you got the 500 and keep going because the, <laughs> so when you get focused on the fact that you didn't get something, you take your energy away from being open to receive what the universe has for you.
2: Yes, it's so true, Carol. And, and, I mean, I just have lived that so day to day in the last couple and a half years. And, you know, you mentioned that we were able to raise money during the pandemic. So we had that home party literally on March Wealth, I think, was the date, and then there was the the national mandate of lockdown two days later, so that house party came right before the country locked down, and we raised $17,000 at that house party, and I will tell you, three people did get COVID from that party, and that was when it was just starting.
0: But oh, my goodness.
2: Here, yeah, here we are, and COVID hit, and I think, okay... I was pretty sure I was supposed to make this fun, you know, this film, what is going to happen to the funding now? And we had to sit out for seven or eight weeks um because well one my director got very very ill with covid and then, you know, we we just couldn't film freely in other places and so while we were sitting out though, I continued to look into a lot of grants because what I was hearing is that because of covid, many programs had been delayed or uh, put on hold. And so there were grant monies that needed to be used by the, you know, grants always have a time frame in which you have to use the monies, And so I had a couple of places that had grant monies that they needed a place to put that were related to the issue. Uh, one was the Indiana Recovery Network. They gave us a $5,000 grant because they had to use these monies and the film, you know, was going to be used for their their uh, mission and their purposes as well. So, you know, again, you think, oh, my gosh, what's happening with the closing of our, our world? But at the same time, you know, I was able to secure two foundational funding uh, opportunities through the pandemic, which really put us over the finish line,
0: which was amazing. <laughs> This is very smart. I, as uh, running the nonprofit, what I noticed when COVID hit, all the $100, 300 $500 checks stopped. And there, mm-hmm. and there had been, uh, you know, hundreds of those small amounts. Because the small, the people who could afford the $100, were frightened of what's going to happen to me and my job. So that all stopped. But the income from the grants almost doubled. And the secret was that there is money out there. People have put Mm -hmm. aside, large corporations have put aside their money, or it's in the stock market or someplace safe, and they're the ones you go after. And we saw an increase double of grant money coming in. So and I yeah. I'm so happy you jumped on that. That is always this uh, the secret place to go and now these people know you and appreciate you. So when you as you keep working, are you thinking of staying in this area and making any more films on this issue?
2: Well, um, we've had some incredible things happen um, as we have screened in all over Indiana, but also outside of Indiana. When we were in Sedona, there was an outcry of, hey, um, we would love to have a version of this for our students, and this would happen wherever we went. And so Michael and I, my director, we, we guessed that the next move would, we'd want to have a version of the Attics Week for schools and uh because you know we the the campaigns that are currently have been prominent in education that just say no or you know they're not working and again as you said when you see faces and you can put names to faces that's when it tends to hit home and students are no different you know they need to see the the realities the of of you know highly addictive drug use so Um, I applied through uh, the Indiana Community, CICF, Central Indiana Community Foundation, for a $50,000 grant uh, to make make the educational edit. Well, I should say I applied for a big grant. They gave me $50,000 as a matching grant to get the educational edit done. And um, I love to tell this story because you have been such a proponent of when you put it out there, it can become a reality. So as I was trying to teach people about this virtual platform that you introduced me to, um, I would say take Anthem for example. And so for six months, I was using the example of a healthcare company like Anthem, okay? So I applied to this foundation for a grant for the educational version. Continuing to tell people about this virtual platform, um, you know, and and take Anthem for example. And after we premiered at Heartland in a year ago October, I get a call from a gal who is in charge of the Indiana Medicare plan for Anthem, and she said, <laughs> "I heard about your film premiere on the date on the Smiley Radio Show this morning." No, no, wait, you got to hear this. So so one of the co-hosts on this radio show was my son's first babysitter, okay? Oh. <laughs> and oh my, my sons God. are, yeah, 26 and almost 29 now. And so, um, so she's talking to Dave Smiley, the host of this show, about the film because she had come to the premiere. And so this anthem person, very high up, darling gal, just really sharp, hears about it, and she tracks me down. And when she calls and says, I'm from Anthem, we need to know more about this film, I mean, I literally had tears coming down my face because in January last year, I was going to dig in and try to figure out who I could talk to at Anthem and how could I get into that organization. And Sarah called me, and and it happened. So when the CICF gave us a $50,000 matching grant, Anthem stepped up to match that, and then the state of Indiana Next Level Recovery filled in the gap and by March my my educational version was funded. And let me tell you that was way easier than <laughs> getting the feature link funded. But I'm so grateful. And then as a result, we did this seven county rollout with Indiana Anthem. And it's just been a magnificent partnership and I'm so grateful to them.
0: Oh how wonderful. Wasn't that terrific? And you kept focusing on anthem, and then they found you. I think that and is wonderful. And they found me, but that's <laughs> just because of
2: everything that you know. You profess it, and I was doing that, and
0: it worked. <laughs> so there it is. Um, oh my I, gosh!
2: I love it when a plan comes together, right?
0: Yes. It's exactly yes. right. Well, uh, the director seems to be a major asset for you. Can you tell me how did you find your director?
2: Well, um, so so when I said yes to making this documentary, I'm like, okay, what do we do now? And my my co-producer, who due to health reasons, kind of had to. She got me started, and then she kind of had to back off, but. Uh, she says, well, we need to find a director. And I said, well, do you know any? And she goes, yeah, I know a, a couple. And she goes, there's this really good one. Uh, his name is Michael Hussein." And I said, I know Michael. And she goes, how would you know Michael? I said, we went to IU together. And so Michael and I had a mutual friend at Indiana University, and and then my husband had done some legal work for Michael and his partner when they first got out of school, but I hadn't heard his name in, you know, 20 years. And so uh, we were sitting in my family room, and Amy and I called him. She happened to have his number, and I said, Michael, this is a voice from your past. This is Lisa Dotson Hall, and (laughs) how do you feel about making a documentary with me? So that's how it started. And um, Michael came down, and, yes, he he is a wonderful storyteller. I, I mean, just really, really good
0: storyteller, and I'm so thankful for that. And did he bring the cinematographer that he liked? His- he did. So he had a guy that he
2: had worked with on several of his bigger projects, and Brian Boyd was our videographer. And then um, I found this – I mean, nothing was by chance, Carol. That's all I'm going to say. But this this uh, editor came to me, and he is full-time uh, employed with WFYI, uh, which is the PBS station in Indianapolis, and so very, very talented guy, and he was looking for a more meaningful project when I called him. And when I told him what I was doing, he said, you're just not going to believe this, but I just was was praying about a more meaningful project. And he said, and you called, literally. And <laughs> so, I mean, it's just been, it's really been amazing amazing journey, and and. I love Eric to death. He is as gifted as Michael is in storytelling, and Brian is at capturing. Uh, Eric is at at understanding the editing process, and so I've just been like this big old grown girl student, learning from all these masters, and it's been wonderful.
0: Oh, isn't it's uh, really uh, a blessing. You really have been blessed to find all of these people because I um, hear all the stories of people starting out with directors, can't work with this one, lost that DP, had to start again. And this is the foundation of your film, this crew, these three people that you've got, your editor, director, and cinematographer. So well done. Well, did you go back to your uncle and ask for advice as you were moving forward? Well, we stayed in touch,
2: of course, um, throughout the, the film and, um, you know, he's had some health struggles since then and whatnot, but he's been a good listener and, um, and, you know, he's just, he's been a great encouragement. So it's just, you know, and I, and so, yeah, when I needed him or I needed to run something by him, he would always pick up the phone and, um, you know, I think he is, I think she is as surprised as I am at <laughs> um, <laughs> the the impact that this film is having, and I could have never dreamed it. Um, I could have never fathomed it. it. It's just been, you know, I pinch myself when I see audiences engaging in the Q and A's afterwards, and. You know, then I get that follow up email that says, Hey, we gotta bring this to this community and and we you know, we've been so busy inside of Indiana that I know there's there's room for this film even outside of the state, but we just not had the I say we, it's really me. I've just not had the time yet to to get it outside of Indiana, but I think Anthem's gonna help us do that and so you know, um, oh and we got accepted for a PBS National Broadcast, I guess I should
0: tell you that. Oh wow! Exciting! Congratulations! Yeah, this is wonderful. You. On your first film, this is My incredible.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, um, as you said, I have been blessed beyond measure, and um, the message of hope is just so needed in our nation today. And um, and so I think people see that this film ends on a a note of hope, and hope is is restored and you know, with without hope, scripture tells us that hope deferred makes our hearts sick and and we just have so many things that rob us of hope going on in our world today. And so I think that the message of hope that this film carries has really resonated with people and they're hungry for it. They need something to be hopeful for. And exactly you know, Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's my story. <laughs>
0: That's an amazing story. Well, tell us exactly where are you now, and what's hap- what is what are your plans for 2023?
2: Yeah, so we hope to be out with the educational version of March 1st of 2023 ish. I'll say March 1st ish, and um, you know that's that's the goal. And and but we know we'll be out in 2023, and then you know I'll be working on. Uh, getting that film into the hand of educators, and um, I'm going to be working with a a PhD here from Indiana University who's going to help us write a viewing guide, And, and so we'll be rolling that film out. I have probably 10 screenings scheduled for the first of the year already, and then right behind the educational version, we are, again, because of an outcry that we've had, we are going to produced a first responder law enforcement version of the film and and that is to encourage our law enforcement that are having to you know arrive on these horrific scenes of overdoses issue narcan in an attempt to restore life and you know these people are having their own mental health issues over saving these same people Time and time again, and they need encouragement, and they need hope, and they need to be reminded of why we save people. You know, people cannot recover if they're dead. And we have a gentleman who will, uh, his story will be used in both the educational and the law enforcement version. He's been narcan 31 times.
0: Oh, my and, gosh.
2: Yeah, and and for whatever reason, the 31st time, Sent him for the first time in his life sincerely looking for recovery. And he's doing well and he's recovered. And, you know, he's working that recovery. He's accepting responsibility for the first time in his life as an adult, a young adult. And so you know what? If we hadn't resuscitated him time and time and time again, he wouldn't be able to have the opportunity to live out his human potential. And um, and so we we're going to be producing this version, hopefully to offer that same hope and encouragement to our first responders and our, you know, law enforcement who have been who take so much beating. <laughs> um, yes, and and they have such hard jobs. And so um, yeah, that so that's going to be 2023. Is getting both those derivative versions out, and then we'll continue to market the feature length, and then we're we're going to be going hopefully to PBS uh, in September, August or September of 2023 with a 60-minute version, and we're working with new doc editing in California to get the feature length edited down to a PBS uh, required 58 or so minutes, and that's kind of scary um, because that's a lot of the film that, that gets, you know, left on the cutting room floor, but I trust that they know what they're doing and and, um, we're excited to put this out nationally in twenty twenty
0: three Yes, that is marvelous and Karen everett at new Doc yes. editing will take great care of you. I'm sure
2: she um has assured us of that, and already we've been we've been in communication with she and John, her senior editor and and you know we're just excited to see what they can do with an hour and forty three minutes and you know down to 58 minutes so um, lots of filmmakers have you know referred
0: her and commented on her abilities. so we're excited to see what they can do and that 60 minutes I would think would have some um, foreign appeal have you thought about that looking for a foreign distributor right I've thought about everything Carol I just need my
2: days to be multiplied (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I am kind of a one woman show right now. And Keith from So and tell just keeps saying your goal in 2023 is to get some help and to hire someone. And I'm not in a financial position to do that just yet, but I'm, I'm working towards that. I really just need help to take advantage of all the opportunities there are out there. And then I think the 60 minute version will also play better for us at conferences and, you know, other places that, you know, might, be able to use the film in their curriculum or their agendas. So um, we're excited. We'll have, by the year 2023 is up, we'll have four versions of this film, and so we ought to be able to meet, you know, a lot of different needs.
0: That is marvelous. I just see you traveling around the world with this film. No. I really do, because we're not the only ones that have problems. Other countries do. And the fact that you're bringing this out of the closet so people can discuss the problem and yeah. not feel ashamed and not uh, want to tell people that they've got a problem in their own family, it's okay to talk about it, because that's how you heal things, to bring them into the light. Uh, yeah. Right? Yes.
2: Yes, ma'am. And that's what we say. You know, this thing festers in the dark and the minute you shine light in a room, it changes the whole trajectory of the room. And, and so that's what this film is doing. It's just allowing people to publicly talk about this issue as a community. And, you know, Michael and I had the goal for community conversation to be a goal that would be meaningful and impactful. And man, when you see that happening, there's just no greater satisfaction. And I just walk out of there so grateful that, you know, Greensburg or, or, you know, wherever it is, um, that they, they have left feeling lighter because they feel hopeful and it's just, it's so rewarding. I, I can't even begin to tell you. And I, I'm just so thankful that I got invited into this process.
0: Yes, absolutely. So what you would like is more invitations for screenings. Would that benefit you? Oh, sure. You know, we
2: we want a breadth and depth of eyes on this film, and we'll make sure – well, you know, we have that amazing virtual platform called Show and & Tell, and then, you know, we, we can get the – we have a film in DCP format. We can get it in a Blu-ray. I mean – You know, however theaters need it, we've been able to accommodate the screening of it. So we've uh, played at universities. We've um, screened, gosh, uh, in auditoriums, cafetoriums. I mean, so, you know, there's just a lot of places people can find if they want to gather uh, other folks together to, to watch the film. And so, yes, we're happy to get it out and about
0: as much as possible. Great. Well, tell us how people can reach you, Lisa?
2: Yeah, so um, I have a a website at um, theaddictswake.com, and the is an important word in the title, so it is theaddictswake.com. If you scroll to the bottom of that website, uh, Lisa Hall is there, and my contact information uh, is there. We also have a very active Facebook page, and it is called The Addicts Wake. And you can go on and keep up to date with us where we're doing screenings and, and uh, different things. And so I check that almost every day if I can. And uh, so you can also message me there. But uh, theaddictswake.com is probably the best place. And my email is lhall at glorygirlproduction, singular.com, lhall at glorygirlproduction.com.
0: Wonderful production.com all right Mm -hmm. thank you lisa thank you so much i hope that you'll come back in six months and bring us an update of where you are and what's going on with your films you have you're going to have so many copies of this film it's perfect this is what it makes every you you've got to cover all the markets and you're doing that with the different uh, time links
2: yes we are and Carol, again, I just can't stress enough what an amazing partner you have been for glory girl productions and and you know, without you, I would not be where we are today from a funding standpoint, and your encouragement early on was just such a gift to me and you never blinked, you just said, "Yes, go make this film, you're gonna do it, and you know every step of the way, you were just great encouragement, and I cannot thank you
0: enough for that. Oh, Lisa, how, how kind of you. When you when you are in my place and you hear the commitment and determination that you have, it's a, a no-brainer. I'm so proud of working with you and proud of all the work you're doing to help families and help those people who are sick and, and really need our support and guidance and the man who was resuscitated 31 times that's a that is the story we all have to hear finally he said wait a minute i want to live and it yeah. was all because of uh the people that supported him and uh and through your films that we get to know these stories
1: yeah. so you're doing
0: yeah. a great job for all of us lisa so i just all of us send you blessings and miracles to help you continue and, and bring this information to all the across America
2: well, thank you, Carol. I received that. I am grateful for it, and um, yes i'd love to come back and update you and we'll keep you posted as to when pBS might might be airing this and um, we'll just keep working and we change the trajectory of this pandemic drug use. It, it's, we've got a lot of work to do, but we're on, we're on the way.
0: You're on the way, and you're doing a great yes. job. Thank you, Lisa. And Claire? Oh,
1: yes. Thank you, Lisa. I, I just want to say one thing, and that is that it's films like yours that help bring out the best in all of us. So thank you for the great work you're doing and for the people who are being supported through the process of recovery. Um, it's, it's just amazing the stories that you are going to continue to share about this yeah. process. So thank you, Lisa.
2: Thank you, Claire. I, I, I love being together with you guys today. So let's do it again. Okay. Thank you
0: very much. Best Indeed. of luck. Okay. Happy holidays to you All though. right. All right. You thank too. Too. you. You
1: too. Bye. Bye-bye. Be well, everyone. Thank you. and what insurance you can't shoot without. Available on Amazon under Carol Dean and at FromTheHeartProductions.com.